0: Welcome to All Screen, Let's Get Cinematic. I'm Van Connor.
1: And I'm Bex Perfect. And this is your seven day guide to everything movies. Boom.
0: Oh, I live for the boom, you know, back I miss you? us having an intro. I miss us having the old the old, you know, cinemas are open intro with the the, the celebratory boom, but we'll we'll get it back eventually. We'll get it back back. Please we'll and get one
1: back. day we'll be able to kind of do this in the same room as well. <laughs> I know, nice. I
0: miss you too. I miss oh, our cuddles.
1: Oh Thursday <laughs> <Wednesday> morning cuddles. <laughs> anyway, speaking of cuddles, we've got some cuddly things to be talking about on the movie front this week, haven't we?
0: Well, they are, they are the cuddliest, the, the fluffiest hair known to man this week.
1: Well, that's only one offering, Van. I mean, on on the small screen in general, we're going to have... I like to call a cuddly robot. Um, some might we, call it a... We
0: are, yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely looking forward to that.
1: Yeah. And, and and then I've got, like, you know, The Rock is pretty cuddly as well, I think. And he's going to be in on our dvd and blu-ray selection, so you know there's lots to look forward to this week
0: yeah so what have you been watching this week what have you been catching up with at home before we start talking about about you know the film's other people which i'm curious about you miss perfect what have you been watching brent stoner you know
1: what? i've actually been quite busy so i've not actually watched a huge amount i've been checking out a few tv shows on netflix and things like that so not necessarily movie based because you know what like nowadays i don't get that time to go and sit in a screening room on my own and indulge myself in the newest <laughs> movies i have to share the screen with my other half. So it's got to be whether or not he wants to watch a movie at the same time as I do. So we've been splitting everything up between uh watching movies. We bought a hot tub, a panic buy from lockdown. So that, that
0: as far as panic buys go, that's a good one.
1: Yeah, that is a good one. So that's been set up. So we actually haven't been like doing our usual routine of movies, then playing on the Nintendo and then watching a TV series. But I have to say, I did start Money Heist on Netflix uh, this week, which is the Spanish dubbed kind of heist uh, TV show. It's got four seasons already, but I'm very new to this. So I've been hooked mm. from episode one, but and the dubbing really doesn't bother me. So if you're after kind of an Ocean's Eleven's Point Break style Breaking Bad TV show, then I definitely recommend that as well.
0: You had me at Point Break. I'm not going to lie. I've been watching um, a couple of decent films. I watched uh, the uh, I watched the 2015 reboot of Vacation. You know the National Lampoon's?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that screening many moons ago. How was Uh it?
0: That was that was pretty funny. It had some chuckles. I like Ed Helms very much. I watched yeah. his Netflix film Coffee and Kareem as well. That was, uh, I was I had a couple of good chuckles in it. Most of the gags, good gags, are in the trailer, admittedly. And I watched uh, a few old classics. I, I I was watching with someone someone uh, in my life. I was watching having like a movie marathon. Yeah. And uh, we were watching Baby Driver and Booksmart and Ingrid Goes West. Nice. And, and I'm going to watch The Shape of Water soon again. It's nice catching up on all these films I haven't seen. Yeah,
1: it'll be interesting before. to see the shape of water on the small screen because we obviously you know it's there for the visuals really isn't it it's beautiful to look at so it'd be interesting what your takeaway is once you get it sort of zoomed down a little bit so yeah cool good selection
0: so, I mean, obviously, we need new films, though. Not everyone can go back and can bring themselves to go back to old films. They want something new. And, of course, some people also have children and require, you know, entertainment for their children as well. So Universal have, have gotten covered, I think, this week, haven't they?
1: Yeah, they've got Trolls World Tour. And I have to say, you know, obviously, stay home, stay inside. It's going to be tempting to go outside, especially with the little ones this Easter weekend. But, actually, if you need something to kind of keep them in tow then Trolls World Tour is perfect because, I mean, firstly, from a nostalgic point of view, I always had trolls as a kid. (laughs) Of course you did. The ones that you put on your pencils, the ones that you just keep lined up on your windowsill, all of those, that's exactly what I used to have. So from a nostalgic point of view, I quite enjoyed this. Um, And the kids, whether or not they're new to it or not, will enjoy Mm. just kind of seeing these cute little furry characters out there. So the basic premise is, is that All of the trolls live in different sort of states of troll kingdom, essentially. And they're all governed by the type of music that they like. So you've got rock trolls, you've got pop trolls, you've got country and western trolls, you've got techno trolls. (laughs) It's hilarious. And then the rock trolls want to basically unite all of the kingdoms or the states as one under rock music so it's up to queen poppy who's from the pop music troll collection that sounds like an album and (laughs) (laughs) and she leads her team of trolls and she kind of goes on an adventure to meet with the queen of rock and try and convince her that this is not the way to go
0: only rock trolls are allowed back here Well, it's funny you should mention that. Because we are genuine hard rockers.
1: One, two, three, four. Rainbow, unicorns, everything nice, yeah.
0: Superpowers, very nice, everything nice, yeah. brush your teeth. Cool. Hurry up, the show's about to start, man. Queen Barb's about to go on stage. Bit of James Corden there. I mean, because did you, did you see the first one? Did you enjoy the first one? No,
1: I didn't see the first one. But actually, do you know what? You don't have to have seen the first one to kind of get the... They do a little synopsis right mm. at the beginning, which I think is just, for me, was enough to see. Um, and I also, I had to massively eye roll. James Corden, just being James Corden in every single animated movie that he voices is just so dull nowadays. But
0: it kind of is. I can I can absolutely go with you on that. This does feel like something that requires no effort from him. He just shows up and does his thing for like he's in a booth for 40 minutes. and it, it's, it's very much a sort of boilerplate cordon moment, this film, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is. And actually, do you know what? It's got a really great voice cast in general. We've got Anna Kendrick, who plays Queen Poppy. We've got Justin Timberlake as Branch. We've got Kelly Clarkson's in there. We've got yeah. um, Ozzy Osbourne, as you'd expect, as part oh, of the rock. Oh, yeah, Ozzy.
0: Yeah, that yeah. was the thing, wasn't it? Because we, we, obviously we all had to watch this at home. And I was watching this with my uh, with my flatmate, who's you know, he's a big rock horror guy. And uh, we literally, they start introducing the King of Rock. And I went, go on, who's it going to be? And his response is, oh, it's going to be Ozzy, isn't it, really? And then, of course, it's it's Ozzy, because who else could you possibly get? Sam Rockwell is in this as well. Yeah, he
1: surprised. is. Yeah, Jamie Dornan's in it as well. Now, one of my favorite favorite people that's in it is keenan thompson from keenan and kel the oh nice yes show. i mean he probably he's known for other things nowadays but i like to associate him with keenan and kel it's just a nostalgic throwback for me
0: no <laughs> oh, yeah I, I watch him on uh, saturday night live every week when that's yeah. going r.i.p saturday night live you missed guys but uh, yeah, so i'm used to him on that he does a really great uh, series of sketches called uh, what up with that but uh, I'm a fan. He's fun on Instagram. Do follow him. Do. But, uh, Trolls World Tour, if you are a kid, I'd imagine this would go down gangbusters.
1: Yeah, because it's got a bit of everything. You've got great music, which actually, you know, as a parent, if your kids are kind of going, please sing, dance with me on this, it's all recognisable tunes, right? So you can, you know, from everything from like David Guetta through to like the big, the Spice Girls is on there. So there's something for everyone in terms of music, Um, There are some funny moments. It's a DreamWorks film. So it doesn't kind of live up to How to Train Your Dragon or Shrek or those other kind of movies that I think just stand the test of time. But for younger kids, visually incredibly entertaining. Like we say that you've got all these different like kingdoms or states that they're all in and they all kind of give you something Hmm. a little bit different. So it keeps the attention of children. It just doesn't have those gags that I think will work for an adult audience to keep them in. Although I did see there was one that you really liked, which was a throwback to a movie or something. I just saw you put it on your Instagram when you. Oh, it.
0: Fury Road! Yes, there, yeah. is, there is a throwback to uh, to the the Doof Warrior from uh, <laughs> uh, from uh, from Fury Road, which astonished me because I can't believe we're at a point in human society in which we we have Fury Road gags in a children's movie. Well, there you go. But, uh,
1: they are few and far between though, in this one, which I think is a shame:
0: yeah, I think to be honest, it, obviously it doesn't have the level of writing that I think will will resonate with anyone above say ten years old yeah. it doesn't have defined characters and it doesn't have a it, does, it requires a little bit more self awareness. Not self-awareness, because it is seemingly self-aware. I think it just has a a lack of of wit and insight that Mm. I think would have benefited, that set it apart from something like a Pixar film, for instance.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. You're always kind of competing with the kings that are Pixar. And you're always thinking, you know, who does this best? And actually, do you know what? Hands down, Pixar wins every time. But for this one, I just think it does what it says on the tin for exactly the right age audience. Fair play mm, yeah. to them. It's a lot of fun, but for us as adults, we're probably thinking, I could take it or leave it.
0: Welcome back to Offscreen, and of course, we're all on lockdown, so, well, the TV's kind of a good option, really, isn't it? And we uh, we do like to dabble in our free view movie offerings every now and again, don't we, Bex? Do
1: you know what? I don't think we appreciate just how much is on offer on, this, on the free view and small screen in general. Like, lockdown aside... Just generally, mm. the quality of TV sh- uh, of film shows that we have, or film shows, actual films uh, that we do have, has always amazed me because it's great to revisit old films that you haven't seen in a few years. It's it's something that I think in this fast-paced society we just don't. We don't think to do enough.
0: No, it's very true. And you think about when you were younger, you know, like when you were at uni and you had like that selection of like 20 DVDs and you just watched them over and over kind of thing. Um, It's it's always good to go back. I think it's something we miss in our hectic, hectic uh, contemporary times. Um, So I'm looking forward to uh, revisiting a few of this this week. Um, So on uh, Saturday night, 9 p.m., on Channel 4. Now, this is uh, one of my favourite movies of 2009. It was something I expected very little from. I was blown away by it, by how fun it was. And it was, of course, J.J. Abrams' reboot of the Star Trek franchise.
1: Do you know what? J.J. Abrams does such a great reboot. <laughs> he? He's like the king of reboots. Like, you think about what he did with Star Wars as well. Like, it's, he just nails it every time. Hmm. Now, I have to say, for me, when it comes to Star Trek... I didn't really grow up watching it. Don't really mm, kind of. No, it's not really high on my interest So, so when I watched it, I was so pleasantly surprised. It was really fun, really exciting. Great cast. Chris Pine is brilliant in the lead, and it just works on so many different levels. Um, so that made me want to watch more of the franchise when it was coming out, and actually genuinely be excited about it. So, you know, if you're not if you're not a trekkie, then <laughs> are we still allowed to call you guys those?
0: I think they're, they're Trekkers now. I, I'm not okay. sure. Anyway. I think Trekkie is the, the generally preferred thing. But of course, this is, you know, we say it's a reboot. It's a literal reboot and it, it still sort of works as canon as well. So I don't know if you know this about the, uh, the sort of mythology of this. So what they did was they established a time travel mechanism whereby they have we are now effectively going to be following a different timeline where there is a younger Kirk and Spock, that Chris Pine and Zachary Kinto, who live out sort of marginally different lives from the Kirk and Spock that we knew. And Picard and everything still happened, but this also happens. It's just in an alternative timeline. In this timeline, Bruce Greenwood is Captain Pike, and he recruits a plucky, swashbuckling, borderline alcoholic, lovable rogue version of Kirk to join Starfleet. Enlist in Starfleet. Enlist. (laughs) guys must be way down on your recruiting quota for the month. Now, if you're half the man your father was, Jim, Starfleet could use you. You can be an officer in four years. You can have your own ship in eight. You understand what the Federation is, don't you? It's important. It's a peacekeeping and humanitarian armada. We done? I'm done. Riverside Shipyard. Shuttle for new recruits leaves tomorrow 0800. Your father was captain of a starship for 12 minutes. He saved 800 lives, including your mother's and yours. I dare you to do better it's lo- swaggering and fun isn't it
1: yeah there's swashbuckling in there and um, I love how you were like oh I don't know if you know any of the mythology behind it <laughs> of course I wouldn't know any of that band <laughs> I, <mean, laughs> I, I just told you I wasn't a fan but actually this has made me more of it I mean I would definitely go back and watch it again and you know I would think back to watching like Anton Yelchin in this as well and you kind of think how sad that side of things are but it's very true isn't you it? know but it's it, it, it's got loads of great young talent in this in this uh, film and I think it's well worth a watch if you haven't visited it before and you want to watch something different and you're not a Trekkie or a Trekker I'd still say give it a watch it's on Channel 4 9 o'clock on Saturday
0: what a way to start the weekend so should we go a bit more family friendly and a bit more uh, a bit more ambling a bit more 80 Spielberg for our next offer do you know
1: what I, I, said, I said we've got cuddly things not just in troll form <laughs> and actually Bumblebee on Channel 4 5.45pm on Sunday is the perfect way to kind of see in Easter Sunday because or see the back end of Easter Sunday in fact because actually sitting down with the family this is a great one and yes the ambling feel to it is amazing like the 80s references the nostalgia if you were a fan like E.T. and stuff like that you, mm. you would absolutely love this and you wouldn't expect it from Transformers
0: no, you really wouldn't. So, of course, this is a, a prequel and a reboot in one. This sees just the character of Bumblebee, hence the clever title, uh, crashing on Earth, rendered mute, and forced to uh, team up with a plucky, young, mechanically inclined girl played by uh, Haley Steinfeld, a sort of wayward teen, woe-is-me type. You know, exactly who you get Haley Steinfeld to play every time. She's mm. brilliant at it. And, of course, they have to go on the run from the U.S. military as led. By none other than John Cena. Get out and move away from the vehicle. Stay cool, B. What's going on? Hey! Come on, come on. Stop it! Now, take it down! Run! No, don't run! Do not run! Uh, she ran. Bit of Cena
1: there. Oh, I love it. Listen, overall, great movie, really fun to watch. And definitely something that you really can sit down with everyone you're locked in with
0: and i think a very surprisingly broad and fun film for the transformers franchise it's very very different from the rest of the sort of michael bay series this is from uh travis knight who directed uh kubo and the two strings so it's got a lot more of that spielbergian fun that boy and his dog albeit a teenage girl and her dog sort of mentality going for it and i really loved it
1: Yeah, I did too. So let's move on to starting off your new week with a little bit of fun again. Um, This is Kingsman, The Secret Service, Channel 4, 9pm. Now, I have to tell you, I watched this twice initially when I first saw it. I've seen it a few more times since. When I first watched it, I absolutely hated it. I thought it was chauvinistic. I didn't think the parody... Really? Yeah, I I hated it. I didn't think it worked as like a pastiche of Bond or anything like that. And then... I watched it in 4DX at the cinema (laughs) and I absolutely loved it. I thought it was hilarious. So sometimes I think if you've seen this before and you weren't quite sure about it, then Kingsman the Secret Service is definitely worth a second watch. And if you haven't seen it before, just generally, what are you doing? You've got to go and catch it.
0: So this is based on the uh, Mark Miller comic book series, uh, The Secret Service. Uh, as adapted for the screen, it's the story of Eggsy, the uh, orphaned son of a, uh, an elite spy who was recruited into an elite secret service that basically poses as the ultimate English gentleman in the most refined form imaginable but is capable of almost superheroic levels of espionage uh, warfare. Um, recruited by Colin Firth, he's inducted into the service and, of course, has to go on his uh, his first mission. He's played by Taron Egerton. And, uh, well, here's a little snippet for you. Did you see the film Trading Places? No. How about Nikita? Pretty Woman. All right. My point is that the lack of a silver spoon has set you on a certain path, but you needn't stay on it. If you're prepared to adapt and learn, you can transform.
1: Oh, like in My Fair Lady?
0: Not the awful of surprises. Yes, like My Fair Lady. Only in this case, I'm offering you the opportunity to become a Kingsman. A tailor? A Kingsman agent. Like a spy? of sorts. Interested? You think I've got anything to lose? I do really like that Pygmalion line, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It's just a brilliant subversion expectation. Of course, there's so many great, uh, great casting moments in this, like Mark Strong, like yes. Michael Caine sending up his own image, for instance.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And also it's the debut of Taron Egerton, and he's just gone from strength to strength. We're not going to talk about the sequel to Kingsman because you really shouldn't.
0: Um, <laughs> but... I was going to ask, do you think they showed that in 4D and what happened during the Glast- uh, Glastonbury scene?
1: yeah
0: no no i really love kingsman
1: yeah i do too so that's kingsman secret service channel for nine o'clock on monday
0: and now it's time for a segment we like to call off screen pays the bills Hey, oh
1: hey van is it bill time already
0: ain't nothing going on but the rent you know how it goes
1: (laughs) i do indeed what are we going to pay with this week
0: so we're going to take a minute to thank our sponsors, and I'm very happy about this because I, I, it's just the coolest thing. It's, our sponsor this week is Shudder. You know, it's like uh, it's like a streaming platform exclusively for niche horror movies.
1: I'm shuddering already. I mean, <laughs> horror movies, I'm the most embarrassing of my best self in, in horror movies, so this is perfect.
0: We have many stories of you in horror movies, don't we? So, yes. Uh, Shudder is, is a lot like um, a, a curated streaming service. In the vein of, you know, you like Mubi for our house films. Nice. You get Shudder for horror and it's all specially cultivated collections um, you know great thrillers, horror supernatural kind of things, they're all in certain, a, a certain uh, tonal direction and you can stream as many as you want on demand it costs $5.99 a month or $56.99 for a year in the US in the UK I think it's uh, I think it's $4.99 for a month and, and $49.99 for a year and it's, it's great, there's loads of awesome stuff on there, it's got, uh, this is an interesting one for you, according to Rotten Tomatoes it has the best movie and the best horror movie of 2019. And the best movie apparently is uh, Wonka of the Dead. Do you remember that? That was the the documentary, the sort of zombie documentary. It was a whole right. thing about getting it streamed online. Um, and Tigers Are Not Afraid, which I have not seen and I'm very much looking forward to. So you get, uh, you know, you can stream all this stuff ad free you just pay your subscription a pretty good streaming platform if you're into the horror collective. yeah as my, my beloved flatmate is
1: well actually i was going to say i i do enjoy a good horror my other half probably not so much <laughs> but that means that's more for me so where can i catch it because i've got something like i've, I've got amazon t- uh, amazon fire sticks here at home so that's what i normally hmm. get all my content on so can i watch it on that
0: uh, yes, you can get it on Fire TV. Uh, in fact, because I use an Apple TV, so you can get it on, right. you can get it on the uh, on your Xbox, I think, as well, and on your, cool. your Roku and your your Androids and your iOS devices. It's it's on basically your most of the major the app stores. But yeah. uh, loads of great stuff on there. So there's. Um, uh, cursed Films at the moment. That's a series that's a bit quite popular in my flight, which is about, uh, you know, like, cursed film productions. You know where, like, strange things have happened to cast members and things like that?
1: Yeah, like The Exorcist. All the stuff that I don't like hearing about, therefore won't watch the film because of it.
0: <laughs> well, that's it. That's the weird thing. The Exorcist is literally the first episode. I think they've also got The Omen coming up. They've oh, and the Crow, Poltergeist
1: obviously. as well. I think they had one on that as well.
0: Exactly. So you, can, uh, so you can basically find the full story and all those. That has been fascinating the hell out of me. So yeah. I'm a big fan anyway. So you can get started yourself, you can stream the best horrors, the best thrillers, the best supernatural content on like I say, it's like a curated collection, like everything's been specially picked, so it's not like they've just mass-bought a, a bunch of horror movies and just dumped them on there, you know what I mean? It's not like the uh, the director video shelf or anything. you know what? Um, it
1: sounds so... absolutely perfect for horror fans.
0: Exactly, so you can watch films like Mandy is on there, the Nicholas Cage one, that was, oh, yeah. uh, that was quite a recent one as well. Uh, horror Noir was quite good, I remember that. And like I say, I'm going to be watching Tigers Are Not Afraid. So you can try it free for uh, 30 days. You just go to uh, Shudder.com, so that's Shudder, like uh, S-H-U-D-D-E-R, Shudder.com, and use the promo code OFFSCREEN.
1: We are continuing on with all of the things that you can watch on the small screen and I'm going to take you right back in time now for Tuesday. This is one of my favorite films of all time. You're looking at David Bowie in a completely different light, but this is Labyrinth on the Sony Channel 2:30 p.m. You know, this is this is the like lots of people talk about like The Princess Bride as the movie that kind of made them as a kid. This is the movie that made me. This is, this is the one. This is the film that I I absolutely fell in love with. The goblins, the labyrinth, the, the goblin king. I mean, it's...
0: You just yes. are the quintessential woman of a certain age, aren't you?
1: I know, I really am. The quintessential
0: millennial woman.
1: I really <laughs> am. I mean, I'm just such a cliche, but do you know what? I have to say, I'm not apologetic for it at all because if you haven't seen Labyrinth, were you even a child of the eighties? And if you weren't born in the eighties, you should be a child of the eighties in spirit, and you should go. To and watch be, to be it. fair,
0: to, mo- to most men my age, their sort of first crush was Jennifer Connelly in Labyrinth.
1: Oh my God, it's, she was gorgeous.
0: Yes. She was. She still. She still is gorgeous to this day. She's in Snowpiercer next, but this is, of course, uh, the adventures of a young girl going into, uh, into the Goblin Kingdom to rescue her uh,
1: little baby brother.
0: Baby brother, and, and from, of course, this is none other than uh, David Bowie as the as the Goblin King. Let's have a, a listen to his introduction.
1: You're him, aren't you? You're the Goblin King. I want my brother back, please. If it's all the same.
0: What's said is said.
1: But I didn't mean it.
0: Oh, you didn't.
1: Please, where is he?
0: You know very well where he is.
1: Please bring him back, please.
0: Sarah, go back to your room. Play with your toys and your costumes. Forget about the baby. I can't. I've brought you a gift. What is it? It's a crystal. Nothing more. But if you turn it this way, look into it. It'll show you your dreams.
1: What I can look, all I can say about David Bowie is, is you're going to want to sing along to the songs with this, and you might even find that you find him incredibly attractive as the Goblin King. I'm just, I'm saying no more of this. (laughs)
0: It's like, it's like you know I can say that like for all men like Jennifer Connelly in this movie yeah. is like the first I think for so many young girls as well there is a weird thing with David Bowie. it was
1: such a weird thing it's just <laughs> it's how he handles his crystal balls is all I'm gonna
0: say <laughs> <laughs> and oh my god the uh the, uh, the, the crotch on those, uh, those pants, man, that's uh, that.
1: <laughs> very <laughs> that's,
0: distracting. That's
1: taking it too far, Van Conner. Right, let's move on swiftly from that before we get too, too deep into that kind of labyrinth. So of that's
0: 2.30 two thirty on Tuesday on Sony, yeah, Sony it movies. Is. That's yeah. like a... a, a proper afternoon film as well.
1: Absolutely. But to be fair, I've got it I've got it saved on my video on demand anyway, so I'm just going to capture there. Um Wednesday, we've got Cabin in the Woods film for 11:15 p.m. This is a really fun kind of horror slasher kind of movie. I really enjoyed this. And
0: I, love... I think it's uh, it's a satire as well, isn't it?
1: Yeah. There's I mean it's got uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris Hemsworth is in this um sort of early days for him he's kind of a jock character in it as if if my memory serves me correct i remember he uh, him- is. he's the
0: quintessential jock character complete with a letterman jacket
1: yeah exactly and i remember watching it and thinking oh, God, what am I going to watch, another teen horror movie? And actually, it was much more intelligent than I thought it was going to be.
0: So it's a very satirical. I think Joss Whedon has a hand in the uh, in yeah. the writing of it. It's uh, one of two films in a row this week that we're going to talk about involving Joss Whedon. Uh, he has a hand in the writing of it. It's a it's very satirical, very knowing look at the conventions of, you know, The Cabin in the Woods format. I mean, The Cabin in the Woods, I think, was at one point the original title for Evil Dead, so even that in itself is sort of really Rooted in what makes these the sort of ins and outs of the genre, you know, flow back and forth. Um, I say it's literally every convention of these movies thrown into one. In no place is that more evident than our clip.
1: Truth or Dare, Dana. Truth. What's that supposed to mean?
0: Well, I'm just skipping ahead. You're going to
1: say dare. She's going to dare you to do something you don't like, and then you'll say that you wanted truth all along really okay jules there (laughs) what the hell was that
0: it's the cellar door the wind must have blown it open. uh that makes what kind of sense what do you think's down there why don't we find out
1: dana i dare you
0: so it's literally the trap door that mysteriously blows open that the young kids... And I don't want to say more than that, because if right. you've not seen it, it will blow you away. And obviously, yeah. and also, it's got Bradley Whitford in it and Richard Jenkins.
1: They're he's got, awesome. He's got a really great cast. It's a lot of good fun. It's one of those ones which, like I said before, you think it's going to be a trashy horror. It's so much more than that, and it surprises <laughs> yeah. you around every corner. And I think if you like a good horror, and actually... If you if you're isolating with your other half at the moment and they're a bit squeamish, it's a really fun thing to kind of just take them
0: to watch because it's quite light-hearted as well. It's yeah, quite funny.
1: Yeah, I think you'll both enjoy it. So that is Cabin in the Woods, film for 11:15 p.m. on Wednesday. So if you are finding yourself staying up quite late, it's a good option for you to kind of have a little scare fest with. Now, Thursday, Horror Channel 10:55 p.m. We've got a movie that Van has been raving about and says he could talk for 8 hours on I'm not going to let you talk for hours maybe a minute give me what it is maybe
0: a minute okay so Serenity is a 2005 film uh, written and directed by Joss Whedon his feature film debut he would uh, I think his follow up to this would have been none other than The Avengers so uh, this is the continuing adventures of a cancelled TV show so I think of Khan here where you just adapt a TV show years later this is um, the continuing adventures of the Firefly TV show here encapsulated as what ultimately becomes a better Han Solo movie than the movie Solo a Star Wars story so it's effectively Han Solo and his his crew of wayward smuggler types this is uh, a, a feature film offering that sort of ends their story but also works the sort of standalone tale as well in which one of their crew is being hunted as a fugitive by the Imperial Government and they must protect her at all costs I'll say no more but I will give you an inspirational moment from Nathan Fillion As sure as I know anything I know this they will try again maybe on another world maybe on this very ground swept clean a year from now 10 they'll swing back to the belief that they can make people better and i do not hold to that so no more running i aim to misbehave
1: i'm feeling inspired
0: I love, I love, I love that movie so much. He's so kick-ass in it. Uh, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. I literally have it tattooed on my body. I love *Serenity* that much. Wow. Um absolutely check it out it's, it, i think empire called it this generation's highlander i absolutely agree with that but i think it's even better than highlander
1: oh i'm gonna check it out i loved highlander um right okay let's move on to our final pick of the week we have oh, american pie the wedding itv2 9pm now i just want to be clear with this this has still got yep. the original cast in it this is still the this isn't one of the weird spin-offs that really bombed is it
0: no, no, this is canon. This is prime timeline. This is Jim Stifler, Finch. You know, that Good. generation. Yeah. This is, of course, the third outing for the... This was the, originally the trilogy closer. They would bring it back years later for a fourth outing with American Union. Uh, but this is the trilogy closer in which Jim and uh, former band camp geek Michelle finally tie the knot. And, of course, how do you have a wedding when you're friends with none other than Steve Stifler? Oh, boy, has anybody seen The Bride's Parents? No? Hmm. Wait a second.
1: Oh, Wait sorry. a second. This uh, isn't Stifler, a graduation party.
0: Wait, hold on. Jim's getting married, isn't he? Holy <sighs> this is major. Do you have the slightest idea of how important this is? We get to have a bachelor party. Yes, we celebrate the death of Jim with a party in his honour. Buckle up, fellas, show some enthusiasm.
1: It's going to be <laughs> great. Oh, my God! Chaos ensues. So, <laughs> I mean, look, I love it. Again a seminal film for anyone of our age, Van, am I right? Like, the the American Pie franchise. Oh,
0: absolutely. I mean, you couldn't make that movie now, but it's still a classic for for people our age.
1: Yeah, 100%. It was the thing that kind of was so outrageous that everyone was talking. It went viral in its own respect. And it was just (laughs) like, do you know what? Like, I'm never going to look at an an apple pie in the same way. Um, There's so many different elements of it. It, I would like to say that has spawned a load of really like A-list stars didn't quite work that way for them but you know what from our point of view it made a really great teen movie.
0: And, of course, there's loads of films out that you can get sort of on demand on your timeline. Or you can just buy the DVD in or, you know, just hit your premium video on demand service. And There's, there's loads of offerings going on there for the moment. Obviously, Trolls, um, as we know, is uh, not able to be shown in cinema. So that's a premium video on demand offering this week. You know, you, you rent it for 48 hours and the kids can watch it as many times as they want. But, of course, there are DVDs as well, Miss Perfect. So should we have a look at what else you can have this week?
1: Yes. I, I, do you know what? I love this kind of reboot and also the second movie of this franchise worked really well as well. So we've got Jumanji, the next level, which is out on Monday. Yeah. Um, wow. This, like, they nailed it. I didn't know how they were going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and they absolutely nailed it when it came to, to getting this reboot. So you've got, you've got Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I told you we had a cuddly rock here somewhere. We have um, Jack Black, Karen Gillan. Who am I missing? There's one more person. Am I sure? Am I right? Oh, in this one, we've got oh, Danny Glover.
0: and uh, Danny Jonas, Glover. don't
1: we? Yeah, and Danny Glover. And also Danny DeVito in this oh, as Of course, well.
0: we've got the Dannys. We've got both Dannys, did not we? We've got yeah. Glover and DeVito. We
1: do indeed. And this is like... Okay, if you've liked the reboot of the new Jumanji, so the, the third, second or third in the franchise, this oh, is right.
0: the third. Actually, because it is all one series, it is yeah, all one continuity. All one the, the, the the Robin Williams one has happened, yes. so this is part three. Even though everyone calls it Jumanji Two, yeah. by the way, just to revive the thing that I always keep saying, they should have called the last one Jumanji, and this should have been Jumanji Three. Then there would be there would be less confusion, and we'd all know. Okay, just okay. putting it out there.
1: Fine fine okay well firstly this definitely plays a great nostalgic throwback to all of the other previous movies but also the second one i think just the way it converted into the idea of a video game is absolute genius so what you're getting here is the same same but different so it's much Mm. of the stuff that you loved from the first it's not as surprising as the first but it definitely is enjoyable so Mm. um you've got a different adventure that they go on, but it's still something that you can follow, will have its own surprises the humour in it is great Karen Gillan I think is brilliant in this Um,
0: She is I think she seems to have since as she has gained more experience in the Marvel uh, character that she plays I feel like she seems to have stepped up as a sort of star presence like when she turns up for Jumanji the next level she comes to play Um, and obviously the the gimmick here as well is that um, there's now a body swapping uh, there's more of a body swapping element to it than there was previously because we're now getting body swapping within the game and we're getting new characters being introduced to it like the, the Dannys, like the Glover and the DeVito Dannys, uh, playing uh, The Rock and, and Kevin Hart respectively. I'll tell you what, I'm actually, I've got a little snippet of that. Holy wait. If I'm... Then you... Spencer? Why does everybody keep calling me Spencer?
1: No, that is Grandpa Eddie. And that... Uh, is Milo.
0: Pleased to meet you. What? Then where's Bethany? And where's Spencer? I
1: don't know! Okay, the game, it it didn't let us pick our avatar, so... Because it's busted! Yeah, okay.
0: Are we dead? You know, I was just wondering the same thing. Did I die and turn into some kind of a small, muscular boy scout? I really love Kevin Hart's Danny Glover voice. I just think it's great.
1: Yeah, I do, right? But I I have, like, thinking back to when I saw this now, the one thing, Mm. the one criticism that I do have is that I actually really enjoyed the body swapping that they all did in the first, in the second film. And I mm. don't think it was as successful in this one as much um, because there's
0: more of it as well. I think, yeah, how ropey it can be.
1: Yeah, it's quite hard to sustain. But overall, I think it worked really well. And I, I you know, great additions with Okafina and you know the two Dannys and stuff like that. I think it works really well. And kudos to all the other actors for actually having to pull off playing them. <laughs> Works really really Very well. True. So yeah, lots of fun with Jumanji. Um, if you haven't seen it before, definitely check it out. It's out on DVD and Blu-ray, and you can get that. So moving on, we have another movie which which I've seen and I actually really really enjoyed and was really surprised that it didn't do view...
0: divisive. I think I think I, I, there were there were people on both sides of the, the fence on this one. I found when it. came Do
1: you know out. what when I when I reviewed it, I thought this, this is was...
0: Motherless Brooklyn. Sorry.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- th- this I thought that this movie would actually be an awards contender, much more than it actually was. Um, it, I I got completely sucked into it and I loved it. So essentially Edward Norton plays a lonely private detective called Lionel. He suffers from Tourette's syndrome, but has this almost brilliant photographic memory. So after the death of his boss um, and friend called Frank, who's played by Bruce Willis, he ends up scouring the jazz... Ah,
0: yes, Bruce Willis, that was it.
1: Yeah, so he ends up j- uh, scouring the jazz clubs and slums of 1950s Brooklyn... And essentially trying to kind of not avenge his friend's death, but trying to find out why it all happened. And he uncovers this web of secrets and corruption along the way. So it is that kind of classic sort of gangster style period drama that works. I think Edward Norton's portrayal as of someone with Tourette's is, is flawless in this. So, you know, the, the thing is, at the time... He loves
0: those roles, doesn't he, Edward He really Norton. does. Even I mean, because
1: he's... He's a great character written, Am I right he
0: wrote and directed this? Yes,
1: he did. So he was an absolute triple threat on this. So I think it's gutting for him that he actually didn't get a lot more awards exposure to this. But, you know, around that time, The Irishman had kind of come out as well. And yes, yeah. some people have felt that that was a little bit slow or too long. And this, for me, was kind of that great alternative. Um, the idea of, like, a private eye trying to piece together lots of clues it's a really compelling guessing game and you get this amazing feel of what New York was like in the 1950s for for both the the affluent side of New York but also the really poor side as well so yeah there's a really 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 good thing and also some great supporting cast in this as well got Alec Baldwin in this as well I was
0: going to say isn't my boy Alec in this your
1: boy Alec is in it he plays a very Alec Baldwin character in it I won't say anything more than that of course he does yeah um, We've got Gugu and Bartha Raw, who's kind of the love interest in it again. Yeah. She's kind of similar. She reminds me of her character in. Um in the morning show in, in in kind of a very similar way. She's really, really good with that. And then we've got um, William Dafoe in it as well. So, look, there's jazz, there's politics, there's gunfights, there's detective <laughs> work. You've got a little bit of Forrest Gump feel in the middle of it all. So it's, it's a great all-round film. What, I know. What, it what more could you people. ask for? Exactly. So don't let it divide people. Just go and check it out yourself. It is available on Blu-ray. Now, we did mention one person mm. in that film. That I was going to say,
0: yeah, Google and Barta Roy. You, I mean, I'm a big fan of her.
1: Yeah, she's brilliant. And you know what? She's really coming into her own and... For, you know, providing kind of that real sort of step up in terms of larger leading she roles. Was, uh,
0: she was great in Belle. Do You remember Belle a couple yeah. of years ago?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was her. That was her debut and her launch film, really. Mm. Um, but what really works for her is is this this film that came out. You really loved this film. I wasn't as hot on it. It's called Misbehavior. It's the story of nineteen um, seventies beauty pageant in London. It's kind of, it's based on a true story. Which, well.
0: It was it was Miss World. It was the the feminists uh, protesting the Miss World competition. But they're uh, they, they're led here by what feels like a sort of almost cross generational uh, team up uh, uh, dynamic between Jessie Buckley and Kira Knightley. So, kind of who was once the, 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 the star of the moment and who will be the next star of the moment, finally in one film at the same time.
1: Yeah, and I have to say, I've got a huge love for Jessie Buckley. I think she's a really, really clever character. Again, I felt like Kira Knightley's playing Kira Knightley. I'm not a massive fan <laughs> of her. Um, I remember.
0: And,
1: yeah, I know. We always kind of have a little bit of loggerheads over this, but. To be fair, this film is it's very British. It feels a bit like brassed off, and but it doesn't quite Mm. hit the heights of like an iconic British film. It's quite forgettable in some respects. And while you're off with your fanatics, Gareth and I are looking after your daughter. Seems to me liberation just means getting someone else to do your job for you. So you think it's all right, do you, that one half of the world has all the power and the other half just has to lump it. Oh,
0: don't be so melodramatic.
1: Don't be so blind. You couldn't even get a bank account without Dad's permission. The doctor wouldn't give you birth control. That was one bank manager and one doctor. Just because you swallowed it doesn't mean I have to.
0: Kira Knightley showing her love for the cause there, and it's you know it's a great argument. I think this is actually a, a far more important film than it was given the opportunity to be because it had the misfortune of opening you know right when uh, the coronavirus was starting to become quite serious. I think you know for us in our daily lives, obviously it was always serious, but uh, it affected the uh, the opening of this film. That's. that's a real shame because I I really would have loved this to have been afforded the chance to actually have something of a prominent theatrical legacy I thought it was a great movie I had a lot of fun with it
1: well yeah you say that I, I feel like the subject matter is very important I would have rather watched a documentary about it than I would have this film it didn't really. That's have, absolutely
0: fair. To, yeah, I can understand that. I think obviously, I think to be honest, I think it, there's a, I think there may be a, uh, a resonance in there, but just for me, for the comedy side as well, from the likes of like Greg Kinnear as Bob Hope, which yeah. I just thought was an amazing casting. Uh, Keely Hawes, uh, Reese fans. I thought Reese fans was hilarious. Uh, I know Johnny heard and I sat and laughed our asses off at this one. We had a great time with it. But uh, so that's out on premium VOD only. I think I don't think that's getting a disc release. I think that one's. On, on premium VOD but um, you know sort of buy to, to keep as a digital copy so that'll uh, that'll wrap it up for us for another week I think so shall we uh, shall we retire to our respective sofas reunite in another week and, and just talk about movies again that sounds like fun to me
1: yeah I think there's going to be there's a big film coming out on Netflix for next week as well so we'll be able to catch that one and we'll review that for you it's coming out this Easter weekend so if you can catch it, it's called Love Wedding Repeat a big Sam Claflin film and also it's got Olivia Munn in it as well uh, but we'll definitely give you the rundown of what we think about when it's out, um, and when we come back to you guys on off-screen next week.
0: In the meanwhile, that's been uh, well, that's been all for me. I've been Van Connor,
1: and I've been Bex Perfect. And stay tuned for more movie madness from us on the weeks to come in lockdown.